Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. I want to give you two stories that have happened in recent history. And I believe that many of us can relate to because perhaps many of us understand the elements that I'm going to address tonight concerning these stories. And these examples are solely to help me be able to communicate what God has pressed in my heart tonight for you. Many years ago, those of us who were born earlier in the 90s, we are familiar with a wonderful company that was called Kodak. Kodak was one of the best uh, camera-making companies. And they used to produce cameras. They used to produce films. I know the younger generation does not know that pictures used to once come out of film. We used to have films. You put them in a small camera. Then you roll as you're taking photos. You take photo. And then you print out what was taken as a picture. And so Kodak was the biggest in that industry for quite some time. And then a time came where the world was to evolve into another form of technology as regards operating camera. And that was the age of digital cameras. And what happens? A story is given that conversation started moving and submissions to the bosses of Kodak that a certain technology was coming on the market where you did not need to use film to take a picture. And that it was the responsibility of the leadership then to transition into what was new, consequently. And the story is given and this I read from a former employee of Kodak who wrote a story somewhere. So it is said that the leadership hesitated. Why? Because they were receiving a lot of money from film. The film, those plastic things that were put in the cameras. About 70% of the profits came just from the film, not this plastic and lens of the camera. And so it was submitted to them to transition and they could not transition. But hey, they were the biggest in that market during that time. And a story is given that they did a research within the company and it was discovered that for about 10 years, digital cameras were going to be the next new thing. And so they knew that they had a whole 10 years to adjust and evolve into what was new as an innovation. But the leadership rejected 
that transition, they still believed that their old idea was better in that time and more convenient for profitability. A magazine was written in that time to criticize the slowness of this company, of which uh, Kodak and its leadership sat and they said, no, our issue is not about transitioning into digital camera. We don't need digital camera. We just need to continue aligning our systems as an organization. We will be okay. 10 years from that debt, Kodak was no more. And by the time other camera making companies like Sony and the rest came into play and engaged with what was new. The story is written that Kodak had already lost a lot, not only of clientele, but the world had evolved from that technology into another set of technology. And by 2012, Kodak filed for bankruptcy. They lost everything. Why? Because when the time to evolve into what was new came, they were still stuck in the eon, in the age, in the period that was profitable for them. And so their eyes were not opened. Their vision was not clear concerning how to evolve when the times and seasons were changing. Similar story uh, goes with Nokia. Many of us know the Nokia phones. Who did not own a Nokia at one particular point? Nokia was a brand. But a time comes when they had this wonderful operation system, Symbion, OS. And then some young boys come into the market, Apple. And then later, Google uh, invented Android, the system. And there are many things these newer systems could do that Nokia systems could not do. And Nokia stuck so long with their operating system and they became hard to transition to where the generation was going. And story is given. By the time Nokia wakes up, by 2013, it was no more. The leading phone producers during that time had changed positions. Nokia was down. The bigger boys like Apple came up and Samsung and the rest, and that was history. By the time they wake up, they try to get an operation system with Windows, it doesn't take off. Long and short now, Nokia has relaunched over many years of loss. And now they are using the Android system. Why? Because these two stories tell us one similar thing. And I'm going to come back to scripture and help us understand. Because sometimes the things of the earth teach us a lot concerning the things of heaven. Jesus tells Nicodemus, if I've told you of the things of the earth and you've not believed me, how will you believe? How will you understand the things of heaven? So sometimes the things that happen with us in life are lessons to teach us sometimes of spiritual implication. And here is the understanding that in the time of Nokia, when it was the brand that it was, something had happened to them spiritually to get that brightness of star. 
In the time when Kodak was the king, something had happened to them that made them the star of that time. But when the seasons shifted and the times changed and the provisions of that age or eon ended to provide for the next season and time, they were not ready to transition. God has created the spirit realm that way. We have eons, we have ages, we have times, we have seasons. The Bible is very clear. That for any happening in the world, there must be a season and a timing. He says to everything, he says, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. To everything. So as of to whether there's a new technology going to come in, if God is to allow a person to receive that kind of knowledge, remember the Bible says wisdom is the mother of all inventions and innovations. A scripture. So whether they are born again or they're not, or whether they have a relationship with God or not, it is given to certain men to receive certain things from God. So Proverbs tells us that I wisdom dwell with prudence and I find out the knowledge of witty inventions. Everything new has the essence of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Everything that you see new in the world invented has the essence of God to it as of whether that man or woman who has invented it has a relationship with God or not. That's you know, by the way, but most importantly, God has ordained certain people to bring certain things into every world. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because the callings and giftings of God are without repentance. They're not subject to whether they prayed or they didn't. They're subject to the God who giveth. So some people with an evil eye would judge, why would God give it to that guy? Why not me? Well, are you going to judge the God of mercy? He has the right to give to a man as so he desires or to deny a man as so he desires because God knows our hearts best. Somebody shout hallelujah. So here is how the world works. In every world, there are periods of time. There are seasons and times. There are eons. There are ages. And in every age, there are innovations, there are inventions, there are transitions, there are ideas, there are ideals, there are attitudes, there are revelations, there are mysteries, there are experiences that come new for every age, for every season, for every eon. You see? And in that eon in which they happen is their provision. Now, when the age comes to an end of a thing, of a certain invention or a certain idea or a certain way or method of doing things, when that age of that eon comes to an end and God opens the seal of the next eon or the seal of the next season or the seal of the next time in human history, it presupposes that there are either will be appointed people who will get the new ideas, the new experiences, the new attitudes, the new revelations of that eon or period, or if you know how to position yourself right, God will help you transition into that new age with the next invention, with the next innovation, with the next idea, with the next attitude, with the next mystery. That's how life works. You cannot get the experiences of an old eon to try to put them in the new eon and think that heaven will provide or nature will provide or humanity will align itself to your dream or vision. That's not how it works. And the issue with Nokia or Kodak was that something came and hit the equilibrium 
and change the world that they knew. And one day those same people woke up and they were not able to speak in the next seasonal dispensation. They call it disruptive technology. So things can come like technology came. Other things as well can come and change human history like we know it. Look at the internet. In the time when the internet had come, the church used to call the computer the beast, triple six. The end of the millennium, if you remember, the millennium. The year 1999 into 2000, how the end of the world had come. Stay away from the triple six. Preachers had no business with the internet. They had no business with anything online because it was triple six. It was demonic. The beast was using that to sell across the world. And they bought into it. 2000 passed, 2001, 5, 10. Now, all ministries are on Facebook. All ministries are on Twitter. All ministries are on what? Instagram. They have YouTube channels. They're everywhere. They're using the same beast to preach the gospel. So was the beast in the internet? <laughs> for some, there was a beast, and for others, it has become one of the most efficient tools of preaching the gospel across the world. Now I am preaching, and thousands across the world are watching me in the comfort of their home and their car, on their phones. Somebody shout hallelujah. And we think that that's enough. No. More ideas are coming. Greatest things are coming. Bigger things are coming one day. Are you hearing me? And there is a provision for the church to advance in every dispensation because the church of Jesus Christ shall be preserved to the end. He says, on this rock, I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Now, here's the challenge. We do not know how to interpret the times and seasons. So when the eons change, when the seasons change, when the times change, many of us are not adapted. There is a power in adaptation. So we have spoken about Nokia. We've spoken about these other companies that have failed because they did not transition in the time when they were supposed to transition. But what about the church? Where is the church? What has happened in the past ages concerning the gospel? How many believers are still asleep in the old eons and ways of working? Let me emphasize this. The message never changes. It's the same, the oldest thing that has existed. But eons change. Periods change. Times change. And so we learn how to adapt to the times and still keep that old message. We learn to respond to the ages and keep that old message. Why is this so important? There are people who have come to the age of life where, for example, they are no longer required to do certain jobs. That eon and its provision in that job has come to an end. And now there are situations that are pushing this fellow out of that office. And this fellow thinks it's the devil. Are you hearing me? And if he or she fights to keep that job, 
the same thing that sunk all those other people and companies that did not transition into what was being done, what was new at that time. The same experience will overtake this individual. They can keep that job. They're going to be stuck for the rest of their lives until they awaken to what God is doing in that time. There's a person running a business that has come to an end. Like there was a time, internet cafes were everything. Everybody needed an internet cafe. We used to go to internet cafes to surf the internet because it was the only way it came. And then an eon came where you did not need an internet cafe because right now our phones can receive internet anywhere. And somebody walks to you right now and says, I have a vision. I want to start an internet cafe. What is wrong with you? Have you been around people who bring ideas that are so obsolete that you even feel so sorry for them that they got that idea? You even ask yourself, how did this person, where did they get this idea from? What devil sat on them to invest and burn their money like this? Somebody shout hallelujah. There are things that worked in 2001 that cannot work now. There are things that worked in 1992 that cannot work now. Mantles have shifted. Graces have shifted. Wisdoms have shifted. The demystification of these things is getting clearer every day. That certain things are no longer in the hands of certain people. Even the world on its own, it has evolved without what man can give. You see, there was a time in this nation you could buy a property, 10 acres of land at 1 million shillings. 10 acres of land at 1 million shillings. Right now you can hardly find a place where you can get an acre for 1 million. It's rare. There was a time a man would own 100 acres of land, even with 1 million shillings, 100 acres. Because there was a time that 1 million in that eon was enough. That 1 million in that eon was enough. Now, in this year, one million is not even enough to sustain somebody in an average hospital. To admit somebody in an average hospital, if it's not a government hospital in Uganda. Some of you pay that one million for a monthly rent. Some of you pay that one million for the fees of your children. There was a time that one million could buy a hundred acres of land at one time in this nation. So if you stayed in that eon. In 2021, you will rent because you got stuck in that eon. Some people are not dealing with generational curses. No, some people are not dealing with spirits of their great-grandfather. No, some people have not been awakened in the spirit to connect to the sensitivities of the spirit. Let me explain something that I never want you to forget. It will teach you something. I said once that the earth is alive. The earth is alive. Why? Because the essence of God and his life is in the earth. That's why things grow from the ground. If you go to hell, you can't find a plant. There's no plant in hell. Because the essence of that life is not there. You cannot find oxygen in hell. Because there's no life there. Somebody shout hallelujah. There's no life there. So... Whatever we see, like I said once, is interconnected. And one of the greatest gifts God can give your spirit, if you want to understand the power of vision, if you want to say that you are a woman or a man 
of true vision. If you are awakened by the Spirit, there's one common denominator of an experience that happens to you is that everything that happens with its spiritual implication has a way it fits into your personal experiences. Let me say it this way. That nothing should happen with a spiritual implication in the earth and your spirit is not sensitive enough to have its experience. If you don't have that experience, then you are lost. You are without vision. You're dead. You just don't know. You're asleep. You're asleep. I told people, all of us know this story, that when the tsunami hit, story is given, animals sensed the tsunami two, three days before. And animals started going up the mountains to run away from the destruction that was befalling humanity. And men died in those floods while animals were on the mountain. Why? Because they were sensitive to what was happening in the spirit. Christians stayed in the tsunami and died. They stayed and died. Recently, a scientist, I was watching a channel and they were showing that animals like dogs, cats, these things can sense earthquakes minutes before they happen. They can sense earthquakes minutes before they happen. So by the time we are responsive, these things have already picked it. So they are sensitive to what's around them. They're sensitive to the world that is around them. So they have a unique kind of vision. Even animals have a unique kind of vision. Let me make it simpler for you. People are saying, oh, COVID, COVID is in the world. People are dying of COVID. But what is really happening in the spirit? If your eyes were to open to see what is really happening in the spirit. Because some people see, oh, it's COVID, it's COVID. Do you stay away from COVID? Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're doing all these SOPs which are important. But what is really happening in the spirit? Are we sensitive enough to know what is happening in the spirit? Not many people are sensitive enough to understand or to interpret what is happening in the spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. But a lot of things are changing like we know it. Yeah, people say there was a disease in the world, but how many organizations have changed working policies? How many organizations have changed payment policies? How many organizations have changed their visions? How many organizations have changed their mission? How many nations have changed how they do things because of this virus? How many institutions have changed because of this virus? How many technologies have gained prominence because of this virus? Something is changing in the world and we don't know it. This is a deception with Christians. They think that everything else in the world is changing except the church. Listen, it doesn't matter whether they open again and the churches one day worship again like they have to and I believe they will, but something has changed in the church of Jesus Christ. And only those who are spiritual can understand it. That is why many voices are going to be buried in COVID season. We are weeping for the death of people, but we should be weeping for the death of certain ministries and ministers. They're not gonna die physical, no, but some are gonna be disqualified spiritually. 
after COVID, there are many ministers who are not going to be able to preach the gospel. Mark my words. Mark my words. There are many preachers who are not going to be able to preach the gospel. Even when they have the money to put it online, they will not be watched. They will not be listened to. Things are changing. And that's why I tell many of our pastors and ministers, we should be seeking God in this period like never before. That as the eon is changing, as the seasons and times are changing, we will have a message for the new dispensation. Because a new move is coming. Some big is coming. Some bigger is coming. And we have a big, big part to play as Uganda, as a nation. Some of you who are spiritual understand what I'm saying. But it's not going to find you in an old eon. The Lord showed me that there are certain messages that are going to leave the altars of Uganda. Watch. There are things people used to preach. Hmm? There are things people used to preach. And they were okay to be preached in that time. But those things are not going to be provided for in the few coming months, in the few coming years. Watch. Some ministers are not going to be able to preach. Some have invested time in attacking other ministries and other ministers. They think that it's their responsibility to become the captain and big brother of everyone in the church. A time is going to come when this fire is going to go through them. And they will be weighed too. And they will discover they are also human beings. Some of us have brought a lot of deception on the altar of God. Some of us are manipulating on the altar of God. Some of us are trading gifts on the altar of God. And now we have been shown. We have been shown. For what we really are. But a time is coming. Because some of you are not yet awakened to see what is happening in the spirit. But again, I repeat, a time is coming and not far from now where certain things are not going to be able to be preached on the pulpits anymore. Or if they do, they will not be hard anymore. It's the time to seek God for a message. <laughs> it's the time to seek God for the message that people need in this hour more than ever before. I tell people, even if you are the deepest preacher, you would be so deceived to assume that your depth defines the consistencies of the spirit in the eons to come. But God can raise a standard where your revelation cannot match the eons that are coming. It's very possible. He is the God of knowledge. You see, some people say, oh, these guys are deep. Yes. But a time can come where that depth is the shallowness of another eon. A time can come where your definition of wealth is the poverty of another age. Where your definition of knowledge is the ignorance of a certain age. That is why now the spirit realm is starting to redefine education and literacy. Because there are many facets of literacy. There are men right now who did not see a blackboard and a chalk, but they're doing some of the most successful businesses in the world. Something was provided for them in that eon to teach them how to do business. It's not in your books. It's not in your textbooks. It's not with your university economics professor. He can teach you how to do international business. 
that he cannot tread like these men are treading because there's another way they were taught. Somebody shout hallelujah. So when some of you say, oh, you know, I have a degree in mass comm. That's just one degree. That's just one degree of many degrees of thought and education. I have two degrees. Yeah, this is just two degrees. Two degrees. But there are many more degrees. Like you turn around and look and, you know, you make a full circle of vision and realize that there are 360 degrees of vision to make a full circle. It's just one or two facets of seeing life. There's many ways and many things that are instructing and are teaching. Jesus Christ is with his disciples and they tell him, look, we found a man casting out devils in your name and we forbid him. Why? Because he does not follow with us. He doesn't follow us. He wasn't in the meetings. He wasn't there when you were teaching. Because they understand only that degree of instruction. They think that that's the only way a man can be taught by God. Now they find another man casting out devils, rebuking spirits, and the demonstration of power is imminent. So they say, you know what? Because you are not doing it from the degree from which we are taught, you must be of the devil. This is what's disturbing some men and women of God. That because your ministry has not moved at their speed, because you are not preaching the way they are preaching, because you did not go to their Bible school, you didn't do their theology class, you don't have the doctrine that they have, you don't have the connections that they have, you don't have the title that they have, therefore you are not a man of God. Listen, God is no respecter of persons. Somebody shout hallelujah. God is no respecter of persons. Zuckerberg got his university degree after he had made it in life. So where was all the education he needed? Am I saying that education is wrong? No. We went to school, had some of the great best grades, and we thank God for that. And I tell all my people, all my kids, spiritual children, go to school, win in life as you have to. But always remember, that's just one degree. That's just one way of thought and teaching. There are many other ways teaching. Who taught Jesus to defy gravity? To walk on water? Where is that taught? You go to medical school and learn how to operate you know, a cyst out of somebody or a tumor and that's beautiful. But who taught Jesus how to lay hands on a sick man and that man was healed? So why would you assume that because you just know one way of healing a man therefore you assume that it's the only way a man can be healed? No, we lay hands on the sick every day and they're healed. Somebody shout hallelujah. Praise God. People have touched the screens as we're praying and tumors disappeared off their bodies. There is another way we were taught to heal. We're doctors too, but with another way of education. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. The world might not accept it and that's their problem because they have a set of qualifications. But we too have our own before God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Some of us are fathers to people. Does that imply that it has to be a biological birth to beget somebody? No. He says, although you have 10,000 instructors in the Lord, but a few fathers have ye in Christ. For through the gospel I have begotten thee. You see what I'm saying? So somebody can say, no, you know, there are no fathers. This is a problem. It's not ours. It's not ours. 
We know what our responsibility is. Then some will say, no, but they are young because they think that you must have a certain age and a certain kind of head for you to be a father. Then those are not men who would have submitted to Jesus Christ. Seriously, the man was 32, 33. How would they submit themselves to a young boy? Because they don't understand that submission is in the realm of graces, not age. I didn't call myself. We don't anoint ourselves. We just have something on ourselves. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Not all engineers are going to learn the way you have learned. Not all pilots are going to do it the way you have learned. The different doctors in the world, all of them treating one disease differently. Some conservative, some go the whole way, some are this, some are using this, some are using that, but they're all trying to get to one answer. We're trying to say, don't limit the world or anybody or even the eon you're in to what you know. Because a time can come where what you know is nothing. So the eons are changing. The times are changing. But we are not adapted or adapting. The power of adaptation is the glory to be positioned where you must hear for the new eon. Where you must receive for the new period. Where you must partake of the new age. It's a new age. And it doesn't need to come through the way you think it should come. Because with God, it can come anyway. You'd expect Jesus to go to men which were learned in Jerusalem to pick the disciples. But he goes to fishermen, unlearned men. And the scriptures are clear that as they were speaking, they were marveled, for they knew that the men that are speaking, they are unlearned. It is not possible that they are speaking with such wisdom and revelation. Somebody shout hallelujah. It came to them that they had been with Jesus. Because there was something that man would put on them that would make unlearned men sound like the most learned. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. In the book of Daniel, we have a story. If you recall when Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Now a story is given that when the king dreams, he finds nobody to interpret the dream that was given at that time. He looks for the Chaldeans, the sorcerers, the magicians, and no man could tell him the dream or even interpret it. He wanted somebody to tell him the dream or even interpret it. But little was known in that time that a new eon was coming. A new age was coming where the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar was going to be broken from off all the nations of the world because there was a time in human history when Nebuchadnezzar was above every realm on earth. There was a time. Somebody shout hallelujah. The king of Babylon had possession and power over every nation that was known of living man. Jeremiah 28 verse 11. So it was a yoke over the nations. Sidonian was going to cross into. Sidonian was coming into existence, rightly said. And when God raises Daniel in that time, in the answer of the dream that God gives Daniel concerning what the king had dreamt and its interpretation, Daniel says in chapter 2 verses 20, the Bible says, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Listen, wisdom and might are his. Wisdom and might are his. Listen, and he changeth, listen, he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth 
kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in darkness and the light dwelleth in him. He says, I thank thee and praise thee, O God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now, 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 what we desire of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. He changes times and seasons. And when the times and seasons are changing, he setteth up certain kings and pulleth down others. He removeth and setteth up. Are you hearing me? He says he giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He puts something on their lives and he changes an eon. I tell people God doesn't need to take away from you to put you down. God doesn't need to take away from you to put you down. No. He just needs to raise an eon. I've said this before, or an age or a period or a season where what you have is not enough to command power in the lives of men. And you're gone. As there is a disqualification of certain people, there is an appointment of certain people. As there is a pulling down or removing of certain people, there is an appointment of certain individuals in the world. And it happens every day. But you see, the challenge is that even certain Christians fall into the same mess. That when there is a removing, they are part of those that are being removed. And not for exaltation or appointment, but for demotion and to be buried forever. Because they do not know how to adapt when things are changing into the next age. This is big. This is so big. It's the only thing that is going to guarantee your relevance in every dispensation. The Lord showed me this years ago and I learned to pray a certain way. I said I learned to pray a certain way. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says it is the Lord that giveth power to make wealth. That he made establish the covenant that he made with our forefathers. But in the time when he's giving men power to make wealth, have you noticed that certain men are being pulled down? Certain men's sweat and efforts are pouring out into other men's hands. That transaction is taking place every day in every age and dispensation. And certain people don't know it. So not everybody is going to make wealth because they work so hard. And I'm not saying that hard work is not important. It's very important. But there are other aspects that are going to connect you to that covenant. Somebody shout hallelujah. He pulleth one down and he appointeth another. Every day. When the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is stored out for the just. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that there is a man right now amassing wealth in a certain eon, and once the age changes or the eon changes, it's going to pour out into another man who is adapted and positioned. The Bible says that promotions come from neither east or from west, nor from south. Did you hear that? But God is the judge. And the next line says, he putteth down one and setteth up another. So powerful. That in every birth, there is a burial of one. And it's happening every day. Because God closes one and opens another. There's a man digging a foundation in the world. And there's another man digging a grave. 
but both are digging, but they have no wisdom to tell the difference. Only time will tell whether it was a grave or a foundation or something. The question is, as a child of God, where are you? Somebody shout hallelujah. Something was going to happen in the realm of Nebuchadnezzar that he had no clue about, but it was revealed to one man in that time. When God was giving David men of substance, he gave him men of a certain distinction and discernment concerning the times. In 1 Chronicles, the 12th chapter, the 32nd verse, the Bible speaks of the children of Ishakar, which were men, the Bible says, that had understanding of the times. Listen, next slide. To know what Israel ought to do. The Bible says that the heads of them were 200. And not only were they 200 men, but the Bible says their brethren were at their command. They had power to command men. They were not the commanded. They were the commanders. Somebody shout hallelujah. They were not the led. They were the leaders. Somebody shout hallelujah. They were setting the mark and age and distinction of that generation. Why? Because they knew what Israel ought to do. When you are adapted to a new eon, you always have answers to every question in your generation. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's why I said that you could get into a certain age where your answers don't work. You actually don't have answers. Like a king dreamt Nebuchadnezzar and in that realm, no Chaldean had the ability to give an answer. No magician had the ability to give an answer. No sorcerer had the ability to give an answer. No astrologer had ability to give an answer. No spirit in that time had the ability to give an answer. Now this is for the mature. There's a reason why in the time when God gives this vision, the dream of the king to Daniel, every other man of darkness was blind to it. Because there are places they too can access. There are places that are accessible in the spirit realm. And there are places that can only be accessed by certain positionings in the spirit. And sometimes it's the responsibility of the watchers to keep certain eyes and ears from such places. Because they can tell when a man has been there. Do you even realize that there are instances that Jesus would not communicate the things he wanted to communicate because the men to whom he wanted to communicate to were not ready? He says, you know, I have many things to send to you, but you cannot bear them. Cannot bear them because he cannot speak them in a language they can understand. Beyond that, their nature has no ability to take advantage and responsibility for the things that are available to him. So they have to wait for the coming of the person of the Holy Spirit. That they will be let into certain things to have that ability. Paul is talking to the guys in Corinth. Tells them, look, when I came to you, I wanted to give you meat. But I found that you were not able to take that meat. You still babes that require milk. Why? Because you still have divisions and stripes and all these things that are kiddish. So you're not able to bear that meat even to now. You're carnal and still walk as men. So we're not able to give them to you now. It would be error for Paul to get such carnal men and give them meat. Oh, now you understand why you cannot cast pal to swine. 
For the Bible says they will trample on them. That means they will offend in what is sacred. But number two, the Bible says they will turn and rend you. He's speaking truth. But they will kill him for it. And it's okay to die for it if it's in purpose. But it's not okay if the man or woman of God has not applied the wisdom necessary to know when and how to speak when he must speak. Not every man is ready for what you have. Not everyone is ready for what you have. Somebody shout hallelujah. Recently I was on a flight and I watched a movie, Wonder Woman, 1984, something like that. And this girl loses in the race. She had a challenge. She fell off her horse and then later catches up. But she comes first and then she's grabbed because they say she had cheated. And the mother, which is the queen, bows down to her daughter and tells her, don't worry, one day you will win. She says something powerful there. She says, the world is not yet ready for who you are or what you will become. The world is not yet ready, she says, for who you are or what you become. So some things don't happen as they should because sometimes even the eon we're in is not ready. So it's possible for God to take you two, three eons ahead and prepare you and start waiting for men. So it's also wisdom to know how to be patient for them to get to you. And it's humility sometimes when you leave the eon that you're in to go in the eon where they understand, to help them understand that is the love that they defies. Because our puffing up can come through this progression of knowledge. Listen, some, and I'm not boasting, some of us have been and are living in places some people can't even dream exist. And that's the truth. You can only judge by the things I've told you over the years to know. Some of us are not normal. And I'm not saying that to boast. I'm telling you the truth. Sometimes we have to help people understand. Like Paul says, I know it's foolish of me to boast, but I will boast in this, that I know of a man who has taken the third dimension of the Spirit. So things which were not lawful to utter things, the human language had no power to put into words. Why? Because some of them thought that he was a carnal fellow. Because he brought the gospel in simplicity. Uh-uh. It's the wisdom to know the difference. It's to know that some of them are not ready for this. So give them this because this is where they really belong. They'll trample on it and they'll rend you. Years ago, I was in the bank and I got excited of a certain place in the spirit. And a little girl came. She had come for, you know, counseling. And I spoke to her for 15 minutes. The girl cried for four days and controllably and non-stop for four days. Four days. She could not stop crying. The family started asking, what happened to this girl? What happened to this girl? What happened to this girl? And I thought, well, that was depth. A couple of days, the Lord comes and tells me, you know, you gave her what was not hers. You gave her what was not hers. It was too much. Not because she was weeping for four days. No. Her weeping was not a response of what had been given to her. But her spirit had more questions that I needed years to answer. And I was not to be in her life long enough to answer them. So I repented. I repented. We come back for them. We don't move with them. They just don't know it. They just don't know it. Many wake up years later. 
they realize, oh my God, the end of all perfection was revealed. The command was broad. It was deep. It was big. God is bigger than we think. That is why some of us have to wake up. We have to stop seeking God for food and jobs and husbands and children. We have to seek God for things money can't buy. And no man can draft or write simply out of their carnal mind. Except they're inspired by the Spirit of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because when you have a certain understanding, you'll always have an answer for your people, for your generation. It's the sons of Ishakar. So that's the war Jesus has with the disciples. In Matthew 16, the Pharisees and Sadducees come tempting him, desiring that he will show them a sign from heaven. Is he the son of God? What is he? Is he God? And the Bible says, he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites. He says, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. And he calls them a wicked and an adulterous generation. Why are they adulterous? They're transacting between many gods. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, they seek after a sign and there shall no sign be given unto them, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. Why? Because how can they be able to read the sky? but not be able to read the signs of the times. If they were readers of the signs of the times, they would not have required a sign because the sign was already available. And he says they shall only receive the sign of the prophet Jonah. You see, they shall receive the sign of the prophet Jonah. It's very powerful because God is trying to tell them that if you go back to the story of Jonah, his uh, rebellion, to refuse to go to Nineveh and pass the word and instruction God has given him. And three days and three nights he's in the belly of a big fish. And the next day after repenting, God spits him in the place where he should go. See, there was a bigger teaching on Jonah than many of us are able to interpret. And this is what it is. That it's one thing for God to instruct us or command us or give us an assignment. It's another when we are ready to believe and go with him wherever he wants us to go. Somebody shout hallelujah. And he's looking at men who are educated in the way of the world. But they don't see the warning of God written before their eyes that something new was changing. Even Caiaphas, the Bible says, he by revelation says, is it not known that one man should die for the sake of all? But the Bible says, but this he prophesied because he was the high priest that year. Not because he had understanding. So it's possible for a man to even speak in the revelation of an eon he has not been positioned or even established into. Simply because he has a certain office with God. But it's not enough. Does scripture tell us that Caiaphas believed Christ? But there was something on him from a priestly place that prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. But that was it. He has no revelation of what the consequence of that death is. So he stays as a high priest that year. That means if he was not high priest that year, simply a priest, a normal priest, it would have passed him. So there are even impressions that come on certain people because of their positioning in the spirit. Now, my prayer then goes that God 
I know that the things that come to me because of my positioning in the spirit, but may I never lose the essence and depths of their interpretation when it is required because it's possible for something to come out of me and bless another man and get me disqualified. Paul says, I beat my flesh to subjection, least after I have preached the gospel, I myself should not be cast away. Because it's one thing for me to preach, it's another for me to have the experience, the adaptation and positioning of that very thing. Please, I'm speaking for ministry, but can I speak this for jobs? Can I speak this for careers? Can I speak this for your dreams and visions? Can I speak this for your positionings, political, social, economic? Yes, all these things apply. They apply, saints. Somebody shout hallelujah. So I learned to pray that as times and seasons change, as ages come and go, some are longer and shorter than the others, and some belong to certain elements of human life, and some are general or generic, some are inclusive, some of them are exclusive, that I might have the wisdom to adapt and be relevant in every age. If you understand that kind of prayer, your life just changed tonight. It just changed tonight. You need me. You feel me. Because I can alive to the porter's hand. Help me quiet. You call me. You guide me. You lead me. You walk beside me. Cause I can. Tell him, God, you take me, Lord. You mold me, Lord. You use me, Lord. You feel me. Cause I give my life to the poor. prayer for you tonight but may you be relevant adapted positioned aligned defined distinct in every eon in every age in every season in every time of human history and if you have enough faith even beyond your existence in the body. It's possible.
Jesus has been relevant. Paul has been relevant. Peter has been relevant. Certain ministries have been alive and around for hundreds of years and some died with their authors. So Father, we pray and may we walk in the fullness of your purpose concerning our lives. May we grow every other day into the responsibility of the times we shall be in. I thank you because you've had our prayer. If you're sick in your body, I speak healing. Speaking to your finances, your marriage, your children, everything that you represent, it is well with you. It is well with you. It is well with you. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You just repeat these words after me. You say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and was raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.